Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of Wake Up With The Warriors. Um, We are at kind of the long, slow, dead portion of the offseason. The draft and and the bulk of free agency and summer league are are now firmly in the rearview mirror. We're far enough removed from them to not really have anything interesting remaining there, but we're still quite a ways away from training camp and all of the exciting preseason stuff. So I just wanted to do a quick podcast breaking down where the roster is right now, where it might change. We are kind of at the point where we pretty much know 95% of what this team is going to look like by the time mid-October rolls around and, and the season begins and Chase Center opens up and we get back to basketball. Um, But I just wanted to break down that roster really quickly, perhaps address uh, any questions people might have, and just lay all the roster spots on the line so that people are clear about what this team has and and what they're going to take into the season. So currently the Warriors have 14 roster spots filled. You are allowed 15 roster spots and you have to have um, a minimum of 13 filled. So they're right there in the middle of 14, which is what they had last year when the season began. Um, if you recall, they, they went into the season with 14, didn't fill that 15th spot, kept it open initially because they assumed that they were going to be able to fill it with Patrick McCaw. Obviously, that did not end up happening, and they ended up filling the spot with Andrew Bogut. But because they kept that spot open when it came time to sign Andrew Bogut or anyone else had they gone in a different direction, McCaw, Robin Lopez, whatever, uh, they had the spot open. They didn't have to clear any space to fit in a 15th contract. It wasn't like two years ago when the team needed to find room for Quinn Cook to convert his two-way contract into a regular season contract, and as a result, they had to cut Omer Caspi to open up that spot. Um, That didn't happen for them last year because they just started with the 14, left that 15th spot open. So they're doing that again this year, but it is not for that same reason of holding the spot open for a player. Uh, They're doing it because they don't have another option. Um, When they executed the sign-and-trade with the Brooklyn Nets for D'Angelo Russell, uh, that gave the team what is known as the hard cap where it limited the amount of money that they are able to spend in salary. And in previous years, the Warriors have been a tax team where the money that they have spent over the salary cap is just taxed at a ridiculous amount. That's what they were hoping was going to be the case this year. Had they re-signed Kevin Durant, uh, they would have had a tax payment that I'm not sure of the exact number, but my guess is would have been 
approaching the $200 million territory just just in the taxes, not counting the salaries. Um, their tax payment is going to be much lower, not much lower, a little bit lower um, than that this year, but they are not able to just go as high as they want and, and make those payments. The the sign and trade gives them a one-year hard cap where they cannot go over that price. Uh, so at 14 players on the roster right now, um, I'm not positive of the exact financials here. If I recall correctly from what was reported, they're within like $220,000 or so of of that hard cap, um, which is obviously a much smaller figure than a minimum salary is in the league. So there are no options at this point for them to sign another player. If they wanted to sign a player for the minimum, they would not be allowed to do so. So let's um, look at those 14 roster spots that are currently being taken up. 13 of those 14 are guaranteed contracts, meaning that the Warriors owe their total cost for this season, and barring a trade, the Warriors will have to pay that. They cannot waive the player and save any money. Now, the one exception here, the 14th player that is on a non-guaranteed contract is Alfonso McKinney. Uh, so what that means with McKinney is that he is paid a prorated amount until January. Uh, I'm, I'm unsure of the exact date. It should be early in January. His contract will guarantee. So if he is cut prior to that January date, the Warriors only owe him however much money he had earned at that point in the season based on how many days he'd been on the roster. Um, if they make it to that January date, then his contract, like everyone else's on the team, becomes guaranteed, and and that locks him into, into a guaranteed contract spot. Uh, so the other contracts that the Warriors have, obviously their own players that they have kept, uh, Steph Curry and Draymond Green, who were already under contract. Um, Jacob Evans, as well, was already under contract. Um, then they have Clay Thompson and Kavon Looney, who were two players that they obviously resigned this year, who have been Warriors their entire careers and are now back on more lucrative deals before. Uh, they have their free agent signings, Willie Cauley-Stein, Alec Burks, and Glenn Robinson III. Uh, they have, of course, D'Angelo Russell from that sign-and-trade with Brooklyn. And then they have their three rookie draft picks this year, their first-round pick, Jordan Poole, their second-round picks, Eric Pascal and Alan Smilagic. And then rounding it out, they have Omari Spellman, the second-year big man who they acquired from the Atlanta Hawks uh, in a trade for Damian Jones. So those are the 14 that are on the roster, are likely to be on the roster all year. If the Warriors want to make an upgrade or even just a change of their roster, there are a few things they can do at some point, but they don't have very many options right now. Again, McKinney's contract is the only one that's non-guaranteed. In theory, they could waive him and open up a little bit of space. Um, no one else can be waived. 
Most of their players can't be traded because um, recently signed players aren't eligible to be traded until a few months into the season. So in theory, at some point, they could trade Willie Cauley-Stein or Alec Burks or Glenn Robinson III and open up some space if there were someone else that they wanted to sign or someone they wanted to trade for who was making a, a very modest salary. But they won't be able to do that until, I believe, December 15th. So they're kind of unlikely to be able to do anything until then, even if they did trade a rookie or if they traded Omari Spellman, for instance, who they are allowed to you know turn around and flip since they acquired him in a trade. Um, that would still only open up enough space to sign another player on a rookie-scale contract like Spellman's. So unless you're trading him for another player on a rookie contract that you prefer, as they did when they swapped Damian Jones for Spellman, um, all it opens up is is the team to sign an undrafted rookie, which is obviously not something that is likely to be on their radar, especially at this point in the season where if there were any undrafted rookies that were worth signing, they're obviously long gone from the market. We're, we're about a month here since the NBA draft. So as a result, those 14 you can feel pretty comfortably will be on the roster come opening night. Um, obviously, only 13 of those will be able to play for the first few months of the season as Clay Thompson will be rehabbing his ACL. The Warriors don't get any compensation or exceptions for Thompson being injured. Um, they're not given any extra cap space, any extra roster spots, not that they need one. Um, in theory, they could apply for the uh, disabled player exception, but that is only has a chance of being granted if doctors believe that he will not return at any point during this season. So obviously, barring a serious setback in his rehab, since he's expected to return sometime around the All-Star break in mid-February, um, there's just no shot of, of that exception being used. So really, the Warriors are kind of going into the season with a 13-man roster, and it'll turn into a 14-man roster at some point when Thompson returns, which, again, is exactly what happened last year when they only had 14 players under contract to start the year, and one of those was DeMarcus Cousins, who didn't return until um, more than halfway through January. So nothing new to the team. The difference here, obviously, is that the players making up the depth on this team are less experienced than last year. Um, there's not as many of the Andre Iguodala's and Sean Livingston's and Giannis Urebko's and, and whatnot. There are a lot more young players. Um, so it puts a little bit more pressure on the young players to be able to contribute. It puts a little bit more pressure on the veterans and star players to be able to carry the team. And ultimately, it, along with losing Durant, having Clay Thompson injured, just lowers the expectations, which you know, isn't a bad thing. It's a chance for the Warriors to to be in a tiny bit of an underdog role this year, which I'm guessing there's a part of them that's excited for. So the one area of the Warriors roster that is not completely resolved are the two-way contracts. Um, a quick reminder on what two-way contracts are. I apologize for any information 
in this podcast that is feels basic or or redundant. Um, contract stuff is one of those fun things about the NBA where some fans kind of avoid it and don't know much about it. Some fans are obsessed with that minutia and know a lot about it. So I apologize. Some of this information is hopefully helpful to some of you, and I'm sure it is bland or boring to some of you as well. So my apologies there. Um, so the way two-way contract works, which the Warriors have been using for both both of the two years that it has been in effect, um, they used it last year on Damian Lee and Marcus Derrickson. Uh, they used two-way contracts the year before on Quinn Cook and Chris Boucher. Uh, so how it works is you get control of the player on the contract even though they will spend most of the year with the team's G League affiliate, which in this case is the Santa Cruz Warriors. Um, Other players who are on the G League team are not actually under contract with the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors don't have any um, control of them. So, for instance, you know Juan Toscano-Anderson, who was on the Warriors' summer league team, played in Santa Cruz a year ago, and a lot of players were kind of clamoring for getting a two-way spot this year. Or not players, I'm sorry, fans. Um, if he is on the Santa Cruz Warriors this year, but not on a two-way contract, any NBA team, any of the other 29 teams can come to him and offer him, offer him an NBA contract, and that's that. He can take it. The Warriors have no way of blocking him. Um, a two-way contract, you have that team control, that player is under contract with the Warriors, even though they don't occupy one of those 15 guaranteed spots and their money does not count against the salary cap. Um, they are expected to spend the bulk of the year in the G League at a G League contract, um, but they are allowed up to 45 days with the NBA team with those 45 days paying at the NBA rookie scale level, um, whichever days they use, obviously, you know, if they spend 30 days with the NBA team, they get 30 days of NBA pay to go along with their season, their G League salary, um, so on and so forth. Um, worth noting, they changed the rules last year where travel days do not count as those 45 days, just um, practice and game days. Also not counting on the 45 days are days when the G League season has not yet begun or has concluded. The G League season is shorter than the NBA season. It starts later. It ends earlier. So players on a two-way contract can spend those first um, like two or so weeks with the team and the final two or so weeks with the team without accounting against those 45 days. Uh, they are ineligible to make the playoff roster which is why Quinn Cook was turned into a guaranteed contract, though they are allowed to travel with the team in the playoffs, sit with the team, practice with the team, be a part of the team. They just can't suit up. So each team gets two two-way spots. The Warriors currently have one of those filled. They have it filled with Kai Bowman, an, an undrafted rookie out of Boston College, point guard. Uh, did not have a great summer league, but was a player out of college that a lot of teams were interested in, was projected by most to be drafted in the second round. Um, but he asked teams not to draft him because he didn't want to get stuck on a two-way contract. He wanted to have a chance to earn a guaranteed contract somewhere. That obviously did not happen as he ended up with the Warriors on a two-way contract, but they'll likely be excited about him. And the other two-way spot is unfilled. They did not bring back Marcus Derrickson. 
They cut Julian Washburn, who was acquired in the Andre Iguodala trade with the Memphis Grizzlies. And they're leaving that spot open for now. They have expressed hope that Damian Lee would take it again. Um, but Lee has been looking around to find a guaranteed roster spot, which has not yet happened. So if he can't find one, my guess is he returns to the Warriors on a two-way contract, a place where he's comfortable, a place where his brother-in-law, Steph Curry, plays, and a team that obviously values him. I, I thought it was surprising that they didn't give him a roster spot over a player like Alec Burks or Glenn Robinson. Uh, I don't think those players are necessarily better than Damian Lee, and, and they're certainly older, for better or for worse. Um, but they didn't, um, and... Maybe the plan is that they hope he'll sign a two-way contract and then they can add him to the roster later on in the year once that December deadline comes and they can trade a player like Alec Burks or Glenn Robinson the third. Maybe they trade one of those guys, open up a roster spot, and convert Damian Lee's contract. We'll see. But really, that's the only thing left for the Warriors, barring some weird trade that just isn't likely at all at this point. Uh, the only thing left for them is to fill that second two-way spot. If Damian Lee does not take it, I honestly have no clue who they would look towards. I don't think anyone is, is particularly clear outside of the organization what direction they would go in there. Maybe they go with another player like Kai Bowman who they have a shot at developing into a good player somewhere down the road, or maybe they go with a Damian Lee, Quinn Cook-style player who will be ready to contribute if they need to call on that depth. Who knows? But anyway, that is the state of the roster right now as we near August. Still a ways away before these players are going to be in training camp, getting ready to start another year, uh, but that's... That's what the roster looks like. Uh, there will obviously be a lot of questions that will be answered once the season begins um, and in training camp. Who will be the starting small forward? Um, will it be Alfonso McKinney? Will it be Glenn Robinson? Will it be a little bit smaller with Alec Burks or a little bit bigger with Eric Pascal? That's a question to figure out how will the center rotation shake up. Obviously, Kevon Looney and Willie Cauley-Stein are kind of the only two centers there. Uh, will they just kind of split the minutes? Will they go with some small ball and get center minutes for Draymond or even you know, Omari Spellman? Uh, how much will Jacob Evans and Jordan Poole be relied on? Will Alan Smilajic spend most of the year in the G League or will he get some NBA minutes? A lot of questions that will be answered. There's no way of knowing them now, but we'll find out. For now, what we do know is the roster. Hope that cleared up anything if you had any questions about the state of the roster. And in a few short months, we'll get to see these guys get on the court and see what they can do. Thanks for listening, everyone.